BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. If you live or work in San Francisco, and actually a lot of cities around the Bay Area, then it seems like every single day you walk past somebody living on the streets. That's why this whole week, KQED's been giving you stories about homelessness. Back in 2016, KQED reporter Dan Brecky didn't just walk past Perry Foster. He stopped and he talked with him. And over time, Dan would end up learning a lot more about Perry Foster than he ever thought he would. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Well, I was just out there on Division Street. You know, this uh, street that kind of divides south of Market from the Mission, essentially, um, where all these tent encampments were in uh, late 2015 and early 2016. The city had decided to clear them. And uh, th- that's how I met him. He, he kind of drew a- attention from his appearance. Can I ask your name again? My name is Perry Foster. Perry Foster. Yeah. Where, where are you from? I'm from, uh, originally I'm from Michigan. Where in Michigan? Uh, Grand Rapids. It was almost like he stepped out of an L.L. Bean catalog. He had this white check shirt on and this, you know, kind of nice new brown painter hat. Jeans that were rolled up and, and topsiders or topsider knockoffs. So I'm excited about life. You know, I'm excited that I that some of us still smile and, and speak to one another. And, you know, I thought he was very thoughtful. He was somewhat forthcoming too, in a way that I didn't quite expect. I was in the TL in the Tenderloin, and um, my addiction kicked in, and it was over uh, uh, drugs to be honest. So there was a both a, a frankness and a thoughtfulness uh, to him. And he was angry about the plight of people on the streets. I applaud all, each and every one of these people out here who, who um, are still going strong, you know, whether they're, they're battling their own demons and what, what have you. I mean, it's a lot going on out here as opposed to just being homeless. He, he talked to, about the break. Do you know what he meant by that? The break was people becoming their circumstances. 
And so he had been on the streets on and off for nearly a decade. He'd seen a lot of people who had, had given up. What's the worst thing about being out here? The worst thing about being out here? I don't know if I, I don't know if I felt it yet, but you know, it's seeing it's seeing people fall apart, man. Seeing people um, succumb to um, to the wilds of, of this this nature, you know, seeing seeing people break. So you meet Perry Foster, you, you talk to him for half an hour, you learn he's not from San Francisco, but he found himself here in, I think, 2009. He's interested in, in writing, being a journalist. He, he got shot, um, and that l- somewhat led to him staying on the streets. What happened after your story comes out where you talk about Perry Foster? Well, nothing. Uh, I had given him my card and um, I just didn't hear from him. And I did get an email about a year and a half later, you know, could we have coffee? Unfortunately, I didn't see that until a week or two after it came in, and, and we, never, we never connected. And then about two years later, I got an email um, saying, you know, I just saw this article about this guy, Perry Foster. And what you probably don't know was he was one of the greatest running backs in the country back around 1988-89. And this is and, an email. Yeah, this is an email completely just over the transom. Do you know who sent it? Yeah, it was one of his college teammates. <sighs> and I had looked him up just to see if I could connect him to Grand Rapids when I did that uh, article. And I had seen something about A. Perry Foster being a football player. But I couldn't really connect the chronology. And so then I, I, I looked up Perry Foster at Eastern Michigan University, and here he was. He was, he was kind of a, a, a superstar. And um, I don't know that I even responded. Um, I got that email, and then April 12th, I got a Twitter message. You know, that guy you wrote about uh, just died. You might want to know about that. And, uh, April 12th of this year. April 12th of this year. So it was more than two years later. Going back just a little bit, do you know how Perry went from this guy who's apparently really good at football, playing in Michigan, to living on the streets of San Francisco? Well, that's what you want to know, right? That's, that's the... There's a watershed moment somewhere back there that you want to know. Yeah. And um, no, I had no idea. He didn't talk about football to me. What Dan would find out was that Perry Foster only stayed at Eastern Michigan University for a couple of years. He was having trouble in school and ended up leaving in the early 90s. After Perry left Michigan, he told Dan he made stops in a few other cities before arriving in the Bay Area in 2008. Over the next decade, Perry was shot, stabbed, arrested several times, placed into homeless housing at least twice, evicted, and hospitalized repeatedly. Eventually, Perry found himself living among the city's tent dwellers, where he met Dan back in 2016. So 
you've talked to a lot of people on the streets for various stories, and sometimes you really connect with people, and they really go deep, and it, and it may surprise you how deep it, you both go. Right. How did how did it feel? Like what 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 went through your mind when you got that tweet? Well, there was probably a little guilt. You know, maybe I could have helped him. You know, maybe I could have helped him, and now I can't. Um, I mean, I think I missed the opportunity to connect with him, and boy, you know, it's final. And then the other thing you want to know is what happened. Well, what did you what did you do then? By now. There were people in Grand Rapids, when they heard that he had died, they started to look for information on him. And people started to find this story from two years before. Oh. Um, And there were people on his football team who were finding out for the first time what had become of Perry, that he had wound up on the streets in San Francisco. I mean, did you have any inkling about what uh, Perry's situation was? Well, not even close to the homeless part of it. It, it never was going to be Perry's going to live a simple life. He was always absolutely convinced that he was going to be somebody that had, you know, fantastic achievements and kind of middle of the road was never going to be okay for him. I got an email from a guy who um, lives over in the East Bay. Uh, he said, uh, he was funny, his name is Chuck Hannock, and he said, you know, I had the best seat in the house to watch uh, Perry. I was the sixth-string linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> I never played a down, so I got to see all of his plays. And uh, he passed on to me, uh, in effect, a eulogy that uh, the quarterback on the team, a guy named Jim Passano, had written um, and so when I read this eulogy, he was fast, he was proud, he was confident, he was tough, he was Perry. He never apologized for any of it. I started to realize that this was, that Perry was somebody of, in this small group of people, he was kind of a big deal. We were talking about the layers of people's stories yeah. and sometimes how, like, you may never really know the full story. And by talking to people who knew Perry, you can kind of get a glimpse to part of the story. And part of the story is that he was this really good football player who had this team behind him who still wanted to reach out once they found out what happened about Perry. But when he talked to you, he didn't focus on the football no, he focused on his circumstances, and um, he was experiencing something that's emblematic of the city. You know, and it's interesting, too, what you say about the layers uh, of things. I mean, the kind of daily journalist uh, I've been most of my career, you approach something and you, you visit it once, you visit it very quickly. You only gather a collection of points. You really don't get far beneath the surface of what, what's happening. You know, I talked to his father and ventured into some areas that I think were uncomfortable. So one thing we haven't mentioned is that Perry was gay and came out as gay, I believe, after he left high school. Boy, his father has been trained in um, 
you know, uh, as a lay pastor uh, in Bible studies, um, in he has a degree in counseling and, and works as a what he calls a Christian counselor, and he he said to me, um, I could accept Perry as Perry, but not Perry Gay. But Perry, you know, he he, he always he wanted to come home, but he wanted a round trip ticket. What you gonna do with a round trip ticket? You going back to hell? If you get out of hell, you gonna go back? Who else did you talk to? Um, I heard from Mariah Master, who was on one of the homeless outreach teams who got to know Perry quite well. The way she put it was incredibly poignant that, um, you know, the world is really missing something. You know, that guy in the tent. I've always felt like his story was really important. Don't get me wrong. There's a couple of, of Perrys to me out there. And but. That's where I, f- I feel like they're just you that sort of thing, that his story like is really important, and I and I've always felt like his story was really important. Why do you think it touched you so deeply? I think anybody who knows me well, even people who don't know me that well, people who who know me in the newsroom, uh, <clears throat> know that I, I'm I'm very emotional, and I do um, tend to get emotionally engaged. So I think part of it is just that. And I think there's, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure it's about Perry himself. I mean, we spent half mm-hmm. an hour together, and most of what I know about him I found out after he died. But mm-hmm. I, I think the most powerful thing for me um, is we live amid such phenomenal wealth, and— um, we we can't seem to find ways of of preventing people from dying out in the open. But there's also uh, a sense um, that there's a, uh, a a coldness and and callousness to our world <clears throat> here in San Francisco, here in America, that uh, doesn't need to be so. Dan, thanks. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you hanging in there with me. Yeah. There are thousands of people living on the streets and in shelters across the Bay Area. And I guess it's easy to overlook the problem because getting involved means giving something, whether that be money, time, space, or sometimes heartbreak. Thanks to Dan Brecky for sharing his conversations with friends and family who knew Perry Foster, who died of a heroin overdose on April 11, 2018. This story is part of the San Francisco Homeless Project. All week long, Bay Area Media has been putting out stories 
on the ongoing homeless crisis. If you want to find out what stories KQED has done since the project launched, check out our website and search San Francisco Homeless Project. You can also find a link in today's episode notes on your phone. The Bay was produced this week by Vinnie Tong, Erica Aguilar, and Peter Arcuni. Senior editors are Holly Kernan, Ethan Lindsay, and Julia McAvoy. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. See you next week. Bay Curious episode that's coming out this week is about one of the hottest housing debates going on right now, rent control. Is it good? Is it bad? I'm sure you've got an opinion. Now get some facts by subscribing to Bay Curious wherever you get your KQED podcasts. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of The Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 